Hello everybody and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I should say welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I've had an iced coffee. Uh, Crofton has has popped a, a, a pop, I guess. Usually a, a Pepsi Max. Is that correct? Is that your, still your preferred beverage? I am legitimately drinking a Pepsi Max yeah. right now. Um, so good call, Ryan, on your uh, whatever... We have no cameras. How you figured that out, I don't know. You always but talk about Pepsi, Pepsi Max. That's your that's your go to um, yeah. sugar free drink, right? Uh, yes. uh, well, Pepsi Max has rebranded itself Pepsi Zero Sugar or Pepsi oh. Zero. Uh, so I still call it Pepsi Max, but like if you're looking for it in the stores, it's the black can. It's yes. Pepsi Zero Sugar. And the funny and thing no, is, they're not sponsoring us. No, they're not. Um, the funny thing is, they is that. Know. I think Coke Zero came out first, and it's mm. like the the red and black can, which I I so you know my older brother is diabetic, and uh, growing up all we would drink was Diet Pop, and it would be that disgusting caffeine free brown ass oh. Diet Coke can, and it was disgusting. But you know, looking back and realizing you know you're younger you know you're you're still in school and stuff or, or whatever you're younger you're not drinking caffeine's probably not good for you sugar's not good for you you know aspartame isn't good for you but at the end of the day one out of the three ain't bad so uh we would drink a lot of that and you know when i when i finally i hesitate to say grow up but like when i got older um i kind of stuck with diet pop i find like regular pop just too sweet so i usually stick i've to, officially yeah. switched i yeah. was a huge regular pop drinker and i put on tons of weight and uh like i couldn't do diet pop but like at one point when you switch and you you drink it for a while then like going back it's like whoa it's like drinking hard alcohol or something <laughs> but I, I i i will say like um and I was, you know, I very much was alive when Coke Zero was introduced. Yeah. And uh, I remember that happening. And this is true. And you know when somebody on a podcast says this is true, that it's probably not and you should look it up. I would advise them to do that anyway. But uh, but this is true. Uh, Coke uh, recognized that, like, um, you know, they, they came out with a new formula uh, and they were like, Okay, well, we could get rid of Diet Coke, but Diet Coke is extremely popular. There's, they have a lot of stats that say that men don't like drinking drinks or eating food that have the word diet in them. Uh, and so at Coke Zero, they, they marketed, they just released a diet drink and they marketed it 100% to men. Um, the commercials were tailored to men. It was all like adrenaline sports. Oh, okay, Coke Zero, black and silver, whatever, black and gold cans to look really fancy. And um, a lot, uh, uh, you know, uh, about mixing drinks and stuff. And I saw that at parties at the time. People would be using, you know, Coke Zero all of a sudden, and it did, did really well. So it was really like the rise of these drinks when they have Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi already. And I will be honest, like – Every once in a while, Pepsi Max won't be there, and I will pick up Diet Pepsi. And you know what? It doesn't taste that different. It's no. just uh, the mar the marketing worked on me. You know, I'm a dude who's like into extreme stuff, like podcasting with my friends, and I like to drink my black can. Yeah. And uh, Pepsi, if you want to, uh, if you want to throw throw some money this way, I'm willing to sell out. Like we can turn this whole podcast into a commercial. Yeah. Uh, talking about the wonders of Pep Pepsi Max, I'm not above doing that. Ryan could do his like dungeon section or his diaper section, and then it could go to me and like today in the dungeons, 
Sea of Thieves brought to you by Pepsi Max. Mm. You know, I'll do it. I I think that um, if Pepsi wanted to reach out, like, uh, that's fine. We could do that. Um, you know, we could, you know, some podcasts have their, you know, uh, their ads where they are constantly sampling throughout the show. And I, I don't see why I think, I think a lot of listeners want to hear that sipping, you know, while we're podcasting, like, you know, we could get, we could break (laughs) into the ASMR sort of market as well. You know, I think that might. I just, I just hmm. think it'd be funny if we started doing commercials for Pepsi Max in the show, and then got a cease and desist from Pepsi. <laughs> that where they, they cool. were, they were just like, look, look. There's people that we want to be known for drinking Pepsi Max. You guys, I'm sorry. Like, if you could just stop mentioning it, like, uh, you're really safe. damaging our brand. I think we're safe. Uh, I think we're a safe bet. They just probably likely won't pay us. They're probably happy for us to talk about it and sip it while we're while we're podcasting but i i highly doubt pepsi has time to reach out um it's a, <laughs> nice <laughs> good one uh but you know before we move into the dungeons um you know i wanted to sort of what's new uh i am happy to report that as of this week you know there's still a little bit of time left before like the the vaccine takes hold and you're basically good to go for for a while, they've forever really. They, I think they've said you don't really need boosters with uh, the MNRA stuff. But I had my second shot, my second COVID shot, um, and I I just wanted to say like how positive it is. Uh, when I went to get my second shot, they were running behind. Line was kind of running out the building, and and they had this really nice organized line that they had looped around, keeping you know social distance. Everyone's wearing a mask anyways, but still keeping you know, that two meters apart and everyone, it was blisteringly hot, you know, 30 degrees out, humid X, all that fun stuff. But like everybody was happy to be there. Like, you know, there's a couple grumbles as there are and, and a couple people commenting oh my appointment was at this time or whatever. But for the most part, all things considered, I was really impressed that everyone kept their cool, waited in line, got their shot and were happy to do so. And it is just kind of nice that we are, I think, as a as a society here, for the most part, doing what we need to do, getting our shot, and trying to reopen, I guess. I mean, in- Ontario is basically reopened as of this recording. I think today we're in our third phase, which is essentially back to where we were before the lockdown. Um but yeah, I just, it was a really positive experience, whereas you could probably imagine any other circumstance where there's this huge line and a long delay and you're waiting outside in the heat, there's going to be some angry folks. But for the most part, everyone just kept their cool and it was really nice to see. And there's just been so much. Must have been sipping on some delicious Pepsi Max. That's all I can say. Cold and refreshing. I also got my second shot, um, Ryan, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and... And uh, as did my wife, as did a lot of people I know. Today at work, it was funny because I don't know about you, but a lot of people are saying this, uh, that the second shot's hitting a lot harder than the first. Mm. People are feeling kind of shitty the next day or even the the entire week afterwards. And uh, it is kind of funny. Uh, I, I find it funny because I was in meetings today where, you know, it's like we're all drunk and we're, uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm a, got a bit of brain fog. I got the second shot. Oh, I did too. I don't okay. know. Why, why are we having this meeting? I don't even know. So, well, so uh, most meetings I, uh, really. It, 
It is true. That is fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I I got mine. I, I got mine now. Um, I want to say like this weekend I'll be two weeks, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll be good. And my my wife got hers last week, and so we're feeling good about it. And then, of course, as I think a lot of parents are doing now, we're immediately starting to think about the children. And and they're we have young kids, but and they're running the Pfizer tests or the. the at, the younger ages and all of this, but it, the, the reality is still our, you know, kid, our kids could potentially get COVID. And, and as we think about the school year ahead and we think of these different things, like it, that's the next, I guess the next hurdle, right? Like the next thing that's occupying mind space. Yeah. It's certainly on Ashley and our, our mind. It's really nice. Like when we think back to last year and trying to do some of the gatherings, like the holiday gatherings when, when there were no vaccines and there was just opinions aplenty uh, and not enough rules to go, to go around that people were following. But I, I think now I'm like, I kind of, I look around and I think, man, am I glad that a majority of the people within our, our social circle are, are getting vaccinated. I'd say 90% are are getting vaccinated and yeah still some tough conversations to be had but i really feel like for the most part a lot of people are getting their shots which is great and i think i think that sort of lead by example is is going to convince folks that this is an important step is is to to get our covid shots and and i mean really like if you are unsure you should talk to your doctor um just don't go on facebook I, I cannot tell you how frustrating it is when I hear people say, well, I read on Facebook that this person said this and this person said that. And I'm like, that's just not, that's garbage. Like, that's just, that's just people putting stuff on the internet. <laughs> and I realize as I say this, this is us literally putting stuff on the internet, but I'm not telling you to listen to me. I'm telling you to like, do your research, talk to your doctor, talk to the person the people who are i never listen to you yeah no no that's fine i mean you know you probably wouldn't even be able to pick up from where i'm talking here but i think like <laughs> I, I really i really get frustrated when we are still having this conversation but then i'm wondering like why am i surprised because every every step of this covid process has been something new for for people to cer- certain people to latch on and it's a small percent but something new to latch on to to be like well, this is just, uh, you know, control. Oh, we can open up. Like, you know, I, I think about my kids now and it's like, yeah, like we want to keep them as safe as possible. They can't get the shot. You know, likely they won't even get down to that age bracket within the time frame that, that we would want or need them to. Like, I don't think they're going to get below six this year probably not next year. I think right now they're focusing on the six to 12 bracket. Right. And you know, that means Caden can get a shot in in January probably. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's important that people who can get their shot safely should go and do so and and get their shot. I mean, Crofton, you got to agree with me with that, right? Like if, unless there's some underlying condition where you're unable to get your shot, it's important for people who can to go get it, to protect those people like our kids who can't get that shot yet or like people it, who can't get vaccines due to you know um a lower immune system or something i i honestly don't know who shouldn't be getting the shot that's something that that i personally don't know so i should probably look into that but i'm afraid to google it <laughs> to be honest 
anti-vaxxers like Caden need to get their <laughs> shit together. Um, Look, just and, because uh, he's on YouTube he, doesn't mean he's an anti-vaxxer. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree with what you're saying. And, and the reality the reality is, I just I just don't understand um, anti anti-vaxxers or even those who are vaccine hesitant. And um, I mean, like just just the. A cursory look at the the news and the stats coming in, those who are affected by COVID, those who are not. I happen to know two COVID long haulers, and uh, long haulers uh, is is somebody who continues to experience symptoms of COVID-19 even beyond the normal sort of flu and period that they would normally have them. They just continuously have have it. This is like an unknown scary disease, and like for people to be like, oh, I'm worried about getting this shot. I... I, I just I just can't understand it. And at the end of the day, um, unfortunate to live in an area in which we have even more than than what we need in terms of uh, people getting getting their shots. Like um, I live in Ottawa. Um, I think the numbers are ridiculous. I think it's like ninety some percent have the first shot, and it's like that's great. Seventy percent have two shots. Like I mean, it's just it's just really. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So it's not something I have to deal with, but I do know that there's a lot of people who are living in places in which they just can't even get the numbers based on um, the the you know I'm going to say it ignorance of of a few and and that that I just cannot sympathize or understand uh, where the, those folks are coming from. Nor do I think that they're you know the only reason that you would is because you were trying to sell them and, and get them to do it for the, the 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 betterment of the community and you know like I, I as i was saying before the show i feel like somewhat selfish where i feel like you know these people should get sick if they don't want to take and what is a vaccine if not a medicine that you take preventatively you know like yeah. you're taking if you were sick you would take medicine if if you think that there's you're going to get sick and you know if you take this thing beforehand you won't get sick like, why don't you take it? Oh, well, I'm not sick yet. I'm like, all right, fine. Get sick, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, so uh, anyway, enough enough about this other than to say that, Ryan, I agree with you. Everybody should get the shot if they can. Uh, and uh, at least where we are, it's, it's pretty available right now. The vaccine Twitter accounts are almost useless because you can walk into almost yeah. any pharmacy. So whatever. Yeah, definitely, if you haven't got your shot yet, check your local sort of health Caden. department. <laughs> he's literally unable to get a shot he would i think he would be happy to i mean he's he's one of those those guys who's doing his part he's wearing his mask he's not so great at keeping distance from people he's he's a very social uh person but um we're we're i th- I, th- I think we're we're getting there but um yeah definitely check your local health department uh see where you can get your shot book your appointment it's super easy um you know early on when they started opening slots it was uh it was pretty hard to come. I waited in a line. Uh, it was a 45 minute digital wait. It was almost like I was buying a PS five again. It was, uh, it's bringing back, <laughs> bringing back memories. Um, but it got it done all good in just another week and a half. I'll basically be ready to go. And then it's just a matter of making sure my, uh, my kids are protected and, and keeping people, um, trying to keep people at distance who have not gotten their vaccine yet. So we'll, we'll see how that g- could lead to some interesting, diapers conversations but uh we'll leave that for the future you'll be able to go out to the public pool again ryan oh i can't wait 
that's a dirty place. But uh, yeah, let's talk. Speaking of, you know, delving into some, you know, less than sanitary places, let's go into the dungeons. And uh, you played some video games with Bo and Mike, and you invited me, but I was too tired to join you. You were playing Sea of Thieves. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I was sailing the Sea of Thieves, brought to you by Pepsi Max. One of the things uh, about this game, this is a game that's been out for a long time, um, and, uh, you know, I recently has received a big update in this uh, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean, Caribbean, whatever, tie-in, and um, I don't necessarily care about that. I'm back into the Xbox ecosystem, and... Um, this was a game that I kind of missed, uh, and I'd always had an interest in, and I kind of sort of touched on the beta, and I was looking for a game that I could play with my friends, like really just essentially a hangout game. And this is this is the two the two angles I want to uh, mention about Sea of Thieves. First off, I've been absolutely loving it, so I want to I want to set set that stage. Uh, but but secondly. Um, it really occupies the space of like a fun hangout game with your friends. And I recognize the value in the, especially like during COVID when we were playing divinity, it was an amazing game and it was really fun. It was a story campaign. We had a great time, but it was not a hangout game. Even though there was a lot of downtime, we're constantly tactically speaking about what's going on. We're, we're hanging out uh, while we do this adventure and following the story and making choices. So, I mean, it's more of like a campaign than anything else. Uh, where sea, sea of Thieves is really like the adventure mode you're if the out the high seas, you can choose one of three different boats depending on how many. If you have four players, three players, two players, and you've got to sail the ship together. Like, and um, it is it is awesome. So, like one one guy can be manning the the mass the sails. Another can be at the till. Another could be uh, you know in charge up the crow's nest or manning the anchor, manning the cannons. Like, there's just a lot, and so there's a lot of communication, and it's really humorous because you're obviously sailing poorly and all of this and um there's lots of like fun little you know mmo style type things that you can do like dancing and playing musical instruments and you know if you all play your musical instruments at the same time choose the same song you'll all play them together it is very uh, it is very fun it's just a, a and uh because there's no hud like heads up display like it's very clean i've been playing it first on the xbox series x which i want to complain about one thing which is that there is screen tearing which i've never really experienced much in games before um and i guess it's a known issue with see if these on the xbox series x and i hope that they solve it but it it makes it to the point that I almost don't want to play it on that. I've been playing it on my PC uh, because even though it can look so good, the screen tearing is is that annoying. Um, and uh, the 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 other uh, the other um, uh, bit about Sea of Thieves that I'd, I'd like to mention is because of the immersiveness. Um, it, it has made me think of um, – because we go on real adventures. Like when we're talking about it afterwards, like we're sailing – a giant kraken comes out, tries to sink our ship, grabs one of us. We're like – you know, it, at, the next day I'm telling my wife about – our adventures on the high seas. We're sending messages about it. We're like, oh, man, did you? can you believe this? Can you believe that? And um, we haven't had much repetition in terms of content at this point. I know that there's a ton of it for sure at one point. And what I realized is in terms of video games, especially video games like this, there is a magical moment um, 
that you can ruin for yourself if you get on Wikipedia or Twitter or whatever to try to learn everything that there is about a game. If you uh, if you don't know what is possible, if you don't know the rules of the game, then everything can be quite magical for quite some time. And we've had about four outings on Sea of Thieves, and Bo in particular. Now, he's a guy who looks up stuff all the time. And he is held back looking up stuff. It's as if he knows that this is a game that we don't want to know, like the ins and outs of what the Kraken does or what it doesn't, when it will come, when it won't. We we don't want to know like all, all the variables. Like we found this singing statue in the water the other day and we're like, what is this thing? And nobody knew. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, that drops 2.5% of the time if you're on this server at this time and blah, blah, blah. Like there's none of that. It was all a magical adventure. And that's where Sea of Thieves is right now for us. It is like a magical adventure with with friends where we're joking around there's all sorts of shenanigans we're all complaining about who's the best at sailing the ship who should be at the till i'm the captain no you're you know i'm the captain you know all of that sort of stuff you're the captain uh, now, right dot gif well basically. i'm obviously i'm obviously the i'm obviously the captain but but the 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 re, the reality is is the um is that the game is in that sort of honeymoon phase with us right now. And it's just a ton of fun. And we all want to play it all the time. And we're always sending messages like, Oh, you guys free sea of thieves. You're doing that stupid podcast with Ryan tonight. Come on, let's play some sea of thieves. And I'm like, no, you know, R Ryan needs me too. And the list Bo's nicer um, than they, that. You gotta be nice. You gotta play him off as nicer than that. Come on. Oh, it's true. It's true. Now, and Mike, all, he if he was on social me. media, I could, I, no, I can't, I can't even see that. That would be so. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's it is um it is a great time, and we have not yet met. And, and like, I I sort of feel like this. I don't know if we did something in the settings or if it's just not. We have not met any other players in the game thus far. So other than who's on our ship, uh, we were attacked by a ghost ship one time, and that was like crazy. Bo and I were coming back. We'd found this like Reaper's chest on this ship, and. We were pulling, you know, there's all sorts of shenanigans with the giant shark and all of this. We put the chest on our ship and then out of the waves comes this ghost ship. And then we have to get into this naval battle. It's pretty fun. But but in terms of real people, um, you know, I, I hear these stories of, of folks getting like marauded by other mm -hmm. players. And that, you know, that that hasn't happened to us yet. I would like it to happen. I think that would be fun and there would be action and adventure and what have you. But uh, yeah, it is yet to yet to happen. So I keep thinking that we're like in a closed world where we're the only ones. But maybe we'll run into someone sometime. Well, I've I, I've played a bunch of CFCs. It's it's a uh, sort of a staple for our extra life stuff that we do each year. And um, because I only play it like every six months uh, or every three months or so, it, it'll it always feels fresh to me. And and but it is also nice that. Um, there's this balance. So I usually play with, uh, Jocelyn and, uh, her husband, Matt, and Matt is, uh, obviously Jocelyn's way into Sea of Thieves, but Matt has this like second, you know, gaming brain that he uses that he flips on to play games. And you just, he, 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 he knows what he's doing. He knows what he needs to do. And for the most part, like it really helps kind of like take care of that, the, probably the. I, I don't want to say most annoying part of Sea of Thieves, but the, the one that can be the most time sink, which is how do we get to the next place of where we're going? He's got that very like GPS gaming brain where he's like, 
we're going to do this and we're going to go over here. I need the sales up here. I need the sales pointed this way. And yes, what you're describing, you know, of, of the figuring out sailing is part of the fun. But for me, sometimes when I have like a couple hours to play and I play every three months, so I forget how to do much of the stuff. Um, it's nice to have that, like, you know, uh, oh, raise the right sails, you know, move them this way. Yeah, but that's, that's nice. see, what's, what's great is that they don't give you all the information at once. Because even if your friend Matt with his GPS brain, he cannot look at the map at the same time as be at the till. Yeah. So, you know, you have to. Well, and, and they give you the they give you the compass there and that and and you have to look at the horizon. You have to take take stock of things and there's stuff that's not on the map. Like there are giant rock outcroppings that you can hit that are not displayed on the map. Uh, and uh, and so like somebody can be downstairs in the map saying, "Hey, okay, you want to head southeast?" And then you're 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 heading southeast. Somebody else is manning the sails. And then oh, you know, there's a rock. Out. Why are we turning? There's a rock. I'm gonna hit the goddamn rock. Stop turning. We're supposed to be hitting southeast. I'm like, yes, I know, but there's a rock in front of us. You know, like um, and that sort of that sort of stuff. So it it is a. Uh, it, there's always like a certain amount of kookiness and craziness, and uh, yes, you can get to be slick sailors, um, and it's it's not very complicated. Like everything is very simple. Uh, like each command is simple. It's like a button press here, a button press there, um, and uh, often if you do things together, it'll do it faster. If you're pulling up the anchor, there's two of you doing it, you'll get it up faster. At one point, uh, we were being attacked by this megalodon shark. A huge shark and he's coming to take a huge bite out of the side of our ship and we break i'm like drop the anchor drop the anchor we're gonna break so that he he doesn't hit us and so we drop the anchor it's very easy to drop the anchor you just hit the thing it's not like you're pulling it up the anchor goes down the ship breaks practically like spins the shark just misses the front of us we're like oh i can't believe that worked but then the shark the huge mammoth shark is turning around and coming back for another run and i'm like pull up the anchor pull up the anchor and then we're you know like we're turning it and i'm turning it in slow motion and then yeah. bo gets on it he's pushing it too and then the anchor's coming up and i'm like god oh, get the sails get the sails and then the boat just moves before the shark's about to hit us again and there's a lot of there's a lot of moments like that it's full of moments uh, with your friends. So yeah, no, I've just been enjoying it a, a, a ton. Um, and I, I do believe though, like, you know, you say it's the go-to for you guys on extra life and it's good that you take breaks from it, but I could see like, once you see everything, once you know all the rules of the sea, what can or cannot happen, um, there's no more surprises. There's no more, like we're constantly being surprised by things that are happening. We found a treasure on an island the other day and it was like a giant scavenger hunt following riddles and doing magical things. And um, we haven't even done any of the tall tales, which are like the story content. Um, and so we're looking forward to doing that. I think we're going to get some good mileage out of it. And anyway, it's if you have a couple of buddies you're looking to hang out with during the pandemic and looking for like a nerd night game, like, man, this is a really good one. It's my opinion. Yeah. Highly recommend check it out on Game Pass, or you can probably buy it on sale. Uh, it's on Steam, it's on Xbox uh, and PC, so check that out. Um, I did want to address, you know, the Loki in the room. Um, obviously, Loki season one is wrapped up. We're not going to talk spoilers or, or talk about it in general because Crofton has not watched the latest episode. So, um, Crofton, try to catch it before I post this so people don't send you uh, spoilers. Although, I feel like I, I will say that like this episode is coming out 
you know, because you're so good at publishing, like, there's a lot of people that won't have seen the final episode. There's the people that are like, have to see it right away. But um, there's a lot of people who won't have seen it yet. So I think, like, I have seen up to the, up to the last episode. Yeah. And and I and I, I will just say, like, as I think I mentioned last time, again, I have been very much enjoying the show. I continue to enjoy it. I'm really eager to see the last episode. Um, and I, you know, one thing that was a bit surprising to me, and I think it's I'm not sure if it's surprising to you, you you would have heard it before the final episode, I think, is it it has been renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like it's the first of the MCU shows to get that. And I, I, like, I don't know where I'm at watching it, not having seen the last episode. I'm very curious as to like what, t- like what type of second season could it, could it possibly be? Because when the show started, it really felt like it was going to be kind of, um, he was paired with Owen Wilson's character. It felt like it was going to be a mystery show and like where they go and they have cases and they do stuff. And then it rapidly changed and kept changing. And so I, I'd be curious to see what a second season looks like, but I am excited to talk about it once we, once I, I see that last episode yeah. too. We'll give it some time, not so much time that we never do it. Like with WandaVision and Falcon. Although I will say, I feel like maybe not WandaVision, but I feel like Falcon did get its time on the show for us to discuss it. Really? Like there's not much to spoil uh, about Falcon because Disney basically did it for you by saying, Hey, we're making another Captain America movie and it's going to, you know, star Sam Wilson and blah, 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 you know, uh, winter soldier type stuff. So I, well, it's a spoiler now. So there you go. But, uh, I think like for Loki, we will look at, uh, talking about that next episode or in the near future. Uh, I feel like that show really has potential, uh, for discussions and, the ability to look forward as well within the MCU. So um, we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I had a recommendation uh, of another podcast. I know it's weird, a podcast recommending podcasts, somehow maybe, you know, pushing our episode down the queue. But I think as long as everyone promises to listen to our show as it's published, um, that'd be great. But uh, if you're looking for a smaller, complete podcast that just wrapped um late last month it's called world's greatest con and if you're you know part of the uh you know diamond club uh sort of podcast realm or you frequent the frog pants shows you're probably familiar with brian brushwood and justin robert young's uh work and this is a a storytelling podcast um, where they talk about the you know hidden stories behind the most ambitious con jobs in history. And the first season, which is five episodes, uh, four episodes really of of the story being told, and then a fifth episode is like more of a Q&A thing. But the first four episodes, which are about like 40 minutes to 50 minutes each, uh, tell the story of how the Allied forces uh, duped Hitler and the Nazis into taking false information and uh, using that to uh, to to get a you know a, a leg up on Nazi Germany. So it's a really you know well told story with great editing and great production. And if you're a fan of their work and you're a fan of you know historical podcasts, like I think this is 
This one is, um, it's not like others I've listened to where, you know, a lot of the stuff based around history and storytelling can be very serious, you know, very matter of fact, here's what happened and very little, it's, it's very little dramatization. It's more just like, here's what happened and here's a couple interviews with some serious sounding British people. In this case, it's a little more comical, a little, you know, told in a way that is, I don't want to say silly, but like uses... Um, more interesting storytelling mechanics where it's like, it's not always about let's read through what happened. Like for one example, um, I think it's the second episode where they're like testing out like a con story and he kind of, uh, you know, Brian Brushwood compares it to video games. And what, what happens is they use sound effects from video games and a bunch of stuff. It's like, you know, uh, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. So they're running through the story of the con to see if it'll it'll break at any point in in sort of uh, the process. They're trying to leak fake information to the Germans through this story of a of a uh, a crashed uh, plane that had a soldier with a bunch of secret documents on them. So they're crafting this story and they're saying like, okay, so the plane crashes, they discover the body. Yay, we passed level one. They take the body to, you know, the local, uh, you know, for an autopsy. Oh, they fail because they discover it's, you know, the body had anyways i'm uh it's i'm not explaining that part of it really well but it's very interesting um it's a quick listen you can probably do it in a day while you're working at the office or you know do it over a, a couple of lunch breaks and uh it's a really well told story and it's it's confined it's condensed you can pick it up and finish it in about a week it's not like you're gonna sit there and be like well add another one to the list right and They've produced one season. I think they're looking to produce a second season either before the end of the year or, or early next year. So like I said, you're not adding like, you know, a show that's going to do, you know, two episodes a week or something, you know. So I, I recommend it. It's really well done. And, you know, Brian Brushwood tells a really interesting story here and injects a lot of personality into it as well. Like a lot of personal stories of, you know, his history with cons and uh and 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 his work with scam school and stuff so definitely check it out crofton i think you'd really enjoy it as well it, it seems like it'd be really really up your alley that's cool uh where, where can where can people find that one well pretty much anywhere where podcasts are available uh so just look in your podcast app for world's greatest con um it's produced by dog and pony show audio so that might help you narrow it down a little bit more but uh yeah it's on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and all that fun stuff i'm i'm listening to it on overcast but yeah you can pretty much get it anywhere where podcasts are anywhere where you find dungeons and diapers surely world's greatest con will be there as well because we're both cool i've i've heard it is a great podcast uh, to enjoy while uh, sipping an ice cold Pepsi Max, that is uh, right. That is just rumor. That is just a rumor. Another rumor that I've heard is uh, Ryan. Have, have you watched Lupin on Netflix? No, but it keeps popping up in Twitter and stuff. I guess the second part or something just got added to the series. Yeah. So Lupin, funny. It's funny that you did the world's greatest con just because. Lupin, it, well, not con per se, it's heists, you know, uh, sim- similar uh, type, type of content. Um, and Lupin uh, 
is uh, is interesting because it is everywhere. And one of the reasons it's everywhere is because it is Netflix. Since Netflix started reporting numbers, it's the second most watched show in Netflix history after The Witcher's first season. Really? Um, and it is the therefore making it the number one foreign language show. It's in French, people. I'm classy. Um, and uh, you can put you, you put the subtitles on. But essentially, it, Arsène Lupin is uh, the gentleman thief occupies the same sort of mystified air in in France that Sherlock Holmes does in England. It, it is a, you know a, a character that has existed in books for a really really long time. This is a modern take and it is unlike Sherlock the the BBC Sherlock which it has a lot in common with. It's really glossy, big budget, big production, few episodes but like you know uh, uh really like each one feeling like a movie. Uh it, it, it is a super smooth watch, at, but this is somebody who's inspired by Arsène Lupin and like the way that it, you know, the, the, um, the books and and sort of he's like the modern day Lupin, but it's 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 very it's very clever and his personal story ties into what he's doing and it, it's really cool uh, and and fun and and fresh. Uh, also. Like the Sherlock show, um, it, you know, it's like you're getting a little movie, but not too much of a movie. And his parents, we Jess and I often have like, you know, we watch an episode of Loki. We're like, yeah, we could have done for it to be a little bit longer. And then we watch a movie. It's like, whoa, that was too long. And, and Lupin finds itself in the middle of those two. It's like generally an hour or so. You get a good, you get a good uh, episode in, and um, and it's really, uh, really glossy, really fun heist. Especially that first episode. There's a big heist. Here's the big problem with Lupin, and I'm just going to say it right now. I am not done this series, but there are some huge suspension of disbelief problems that <laughs> okay. I have um with that show like it is just absolutely they drive me insane and you know like if you're watching a big budget fantasy piece or sci-fi piece you're not like well how can they how can unless you're mike hodgins you're not like how can they fly their ships in space uh you know and blah 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 um you you, you just go along for the ride but when it's supposed to be like real modern times you're kind of like Come on, you know, like why? The, what? There was no video cameras there. Like, what's going on? So there's just like there's a ton of these elements. And in episode four, uh, you know, there is, and the internet was pretty loud about this because I googled it afterwards. Just, I'm like, there's no way I can be the only one that is, and of course not. People were. There no. is something that happens in episode four that I almost was like, I can't do this anymore. Like it was just like, it was such a dereliction of duty in terms of both, you know, storytelling. It was in, and just, I'm not going to spoil it other than say that it's a misuse of Twitter. Um, and, uh, and it's just one of those things where like, I'm like, come on, you know, like there's, I know how social media works. Like this is not how, how it works. Um, and that, that um, drew me. And, and sometimes shows do this and Lupin had done it before. There's a scene and, and this is like, this is not a plot scene. This is just like one of those th scenes. That, and I'm sure Ryan, you've seen movies like this before where like two characters are playing a video game. <laughs> 
Like him and his son are playing a video game, okay? And they've got the controllers. And you know, you see these scenes where they're they're clearly not actually playing the video game, or they've got like Nintendo 64 controllers playing PS4 or something. You know, like there's something like that where you're 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 but this this case, it's like they're supposed to be playing like a death match against you know, like a, a multiplayer shooter, and like one the son goes boom, headshot, got you. And then, like, it sort of zooms out a little bit, and you see that they're playing Horizon Zero Dawn. No. Um, and, and, and I'm like, okay. And I turn to my wife. I pause it, and I'm like, that's a single-player game, and there's no way. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, ah. But, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's just, like, that's, that's sort of, like, the looseness in which the, some of the details, they, they, they're, they're, preoccupied with and because of that there are moments of immense frustration and that's why i wanted to sell it because it's really fun to watch and i really do think that like honestly everyone should check it out if you're looking for a good time a show that both you and your significant other would like it's you know like a, a if you like heists and all this just don't expect it always to hold together mm -hmm. and like you know my my buddy mike who is normally absolutely just can't take this stuff. Like he was the one telling me to calm down about it. He was like, you know, don't worry about it so much. I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Right. But uh, there's a couple of moments that are just like, Oh, especially that the main character is supposed to be, you know, somewhat of a genius, you know, like, like Sherlock is a savant or whatever he is also in a way. So uh, mm. your expectations for him are so high. So when he does something like, where you're like, come on, that's so ridiculously stupid. Nobody would, nobody would use Twitter like that. Um, all right. Uh, that, that's, that's, uh, when I finish new pay and I get into season two, maybe I'll come back and, and be like, just, you know, that was a, that was a blip and it's just all awesome. All the reviews are great for it and I can see why. So I recommend it and don't be put off by it being in, um, a foreign language. I will say that I speak French very well, perfectly fluent. And I have like, if, if the subtitles weren't on, I would be, I would be lost. Cause they're like, it's French, Parisian French, like, but slang. And, you know, people are speaking fast and under their breath. And they're like, ben voyons, qu'est-ce qu'on va faire? On va, on va te rentrer dans le loup. Je, je suis en arrière de toi. Vas -y, vas -y, vas -y. It's just, I, I would, I would be lost. So put on the subtitles, enjoy yourself. It's a good time. Good stuff. Well, I, it certainly popped up enough where I feel like I should give it a shot. Um, and, I, I think I, I think you and Ashley would enjoy watching it together. Yeah, I I think I'd have. I think Ashley doesn't like subtitles, but you know we can always give it a shot. I'm I have no problem with subtitles, um, as long as the content's good. Like that's the one thing. Like you know sometimes you have like you know second screen sort of content where you just have to have it off to the side. It's more for like listening and casually watching. Obviously, like a subtitled show is is not that, but uh, if it's if it's as good as you say it is, well, if think about you know you know high shows they often work on they often work on like you know they're showing lots of fast cuts, wide shots, music, tense music. There's not a lot of like when the heist is going on, you know, once they set the the parameters of it, then then you're kind of on board for the ride there's not a ton of talking yeah. in 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 a heist and that's that's what i think like you know each episode has a set piece you know and uh the set pieces are really fun so uh yeah no i i i think and it opens it opens pretty big with a louvre heist and uh 
um, when you see it, you, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of like, you're, you get on board pretty, pretty quickly. I think the, the main star and the producers, this guy named Omar Sai and, and he was, I guess, uh, like, it's funny. Cause like, I, I guess he's a huge star in France, but I knew him as Bishop from like X-Men days of future past or whatever, which is like, but, but he's, he essentially is a, a huge French star and this is a big starring vehicle and like, it's, it's a huge success. So like definitely, definitely worth checking out. Uh, Ryan, I note on the list, speaking of, you know, films worth checking out that you have seen a recent uh, cinematic release, but from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. So I remember, so I, Quiet Place 2, um, just get right off off the bat here. It is, uh, it is available on Amazon Prime Video here in Canada. Um, it had a limited run in theaters, and I believe in the States it's on Paramount plus but i could be wrong i think it's definitely gone to streaming but amazon snapped it up here in canada and um ashley and i watched it i got a uh, an email from cineplex here saying that the movie theaters are open in ottawa starting tomorrow and uh, i clicked to see i'm like what movies are playing and this was one of them yeah i mean here's the thing I think there are certain movies that require a cinematic experience, like going to the cinema. Um, A Quiet Place was definitely one of those. Um, I think A Quiet Quiet Place 2 would also be really interesting in a theater. But, um, you know, I think when A Quiet Place came out, you could go to a packed theater and you were having an experience with everybody else in that room. and And it was... Uh, an experience I didn't get to have because um, I think we rented it when it, when it became available. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily want to sit here and be like, oh, go see it in theaters. Like, there, for me, um, it's a matter of it's a matter of people's opinion. But, like, once something becomes available to watch um, on a streaming service that I have, I'm, I'm more than likely just to watch it on the streaming service because it's a hassle to go to the movies, uh, it, uh, you know, without a pandemic. Um, but that being said, like, if you really want to go see this in the theaters, you can, but I really, I still enjoyed it, you know, watching it from the comfort of my home. Um, and I gotta say, you know, I really liked a quiet place. It's a, it's a really good sort of action, you know, thriller horror movie. And the sequel you know, the first one doesn't, the first one sets up this, like, an ending where it's like, oh, it's hopeful, right? You know, there's, they, they now have a chance, they've figured some things out. And you could see sort of that movie just being concluding, you know, and be content with that. Um, But they, you know, greenlit a sequel. And, you know, they brought uh, director John Krasinski back, and they brought all the actors uh, back from the first one. So, you know, John Krasinski is directing again. And, I gotta say, like, they nailed it with the sequel. Like, they continued the story, they kept the same tension, um, you know, building upon what was learned in the first one, they don't completely remove that tension, but, you know, you still feel like there is there is some wiggle room for our heroes because of what they were able to figure out in the first I'm stepping around it because there's some spoilers there, right? Um, in case you haven't seen the first one. But I really feel like the second one is a proper part to... Uh, it goes by so quickly in a sense that, yes, it is an hour and a half movie, but it but it really does feel like it's over 
before you get going. And I think the first one had that feeling as well. It's so tense and you're just like, you know, waiting for that next moment to to be tense. <laughs> and um, it's over before you know it. And you're kind of like, oh, I want to see where this goes next. And I think the second one also sort of duplicates that feeling of like, I, I kind of want to know where this goes next. And to me, a good movie, a good TV show, a good video game, any piece of entertainment, I know it's good if I'm suddenly like, the first thing I do is I Google like, you know, Quiet Place 3, you know, <laughs> or whatever, what, you know, just to look at where the franchise is and what's coming next. And I think I had that with A Quiet Place 2. I wanted to know like, okay, where are we going next? Because I really feel like we were just getting started with this with this universe. So um, it's, really, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Uh, you know, I, I don't come up, I don't come on the show very often and say like, I did this thing and it sucked, so don't do it. You know, I, I like to talk about things that I enjoyed doing. Um, and I think A Quiet Place 2 is, is certainly worthy of, of your time. If uh, if you've seen the first one, obviously, definitely watch the first one. But this one builds up. I have not seen the first one. You haven't? Okay, well, I'm glad I went spoiler free because I really feel like that first one is worth watching. And it's got to be on some streaming service that you could easily just find. I guess, you know, like, it's just funny. And I, you know, I'm not going to repeat the the same lament I go through. We're talking about, like, The Last of Us Part Two that is still in the shrink <laughs> yes, wrap or, or whatever. But, but, like, for me, it's just it's just another my, – my understanding of A Quiet Place as a series is the whole point is that – it's it's all about tension and excitement and scares because it's like oh you got to be quiet like it's it feels like horror movies these days um there's you know that what was that Sandra Bullock one where she had to wear a mask on Netflix like as bird bird box, box or wasn't something. it it's it, it's it feels like they're all about senses it's like oh what if they can't talk or what if they can't see or whatever and 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 that's cool i'm i'm not against that it just feels to me that it's like it, it's about tension. It's about excitement. It's about like, oh, getting your nerves going. And I just, and, and it's about like often pandemics of some sort or whatever. I'm not sure if a quiet place is or like some Holocaust dystopian. It, it doesn't feel like the quiet place that they're talking about in the title is like your grandma's house for tea. No. Um, it feels like it's it's like a scary place. And so because of all of that, I've, I've never like hunted down, even though the reviews for the quiet place Oh, Quiet Place and the sequel were really, really good. It's it's just never been my cup of tea. But it does go um, in line with your recent run of dystopias with The uh, Handmaiden's Tale and The uh, the Quiet Place and, and, and all of that sort well, of stuff. So, you know, we may have different – different. Um, we gravitate towards different stuff. And I kind of wish I, I, I had more of a draw towards some of that stuff because it all sounds really promising. Yeah. Well, you make it sound good. It, it is it, it is really good. like Handmaid's Tale aside, like that that show is definitely one of those things where, yeah, you're probably gonna want to wait for there to be more positive stuff ongoing in this world and, and not in a pandemic. But I think you know a quiet place and a quiet place too. First of all, I don't. It's not a spoiler to say like it's an alien sort of situation. I'll say you know they don't really delve into the details, but clearly these are beings from another world. Uh, or I thought whatever. it was a zombie thing. It's not. No, it's it's not a zombie thing. Um, the first one plays very close to a story of survival. Um, it's not like The Last of Us where 
the zombies are a threat, but so are the humans. From what I recall of the first one, it very much is a story of survival and an adaptation to this new world, which is to, you know, be quiet. And and the process uh, the processes you have to take to keep your family safe. And I always remember, I remember watching the first one, and then obviously after watching the second one, I'd go up the stairs. And we have these stairs that creak. And we'd go up the stairs, and I'd just turn down and say, well, we're dead. <laughs> like, it is one of those movies, and again, <laughs> it's one of those movies that just, it makes you think about, like, how hard it would be. And there's some shit that happens in that first one, uh, and the second one for that matter, that just make you squirm, but not in a way where... It's like you're you're describing these these recent horror films, which are like they got to be grosser, they got to be um, more exploitive, they got to they just got to go push that extra mile. I think where a quiet place and a quiet place two really shine is that they don't go for the gore factor. They don't push that line, you know, of like uh, they just don't go that way. Like it, it, it's more about tension of like you make a sound these things are coming after you and the situations in which a normal person would make a sound are happening because you're living your life. Right. And, uh, there's a bit of backstory in quiet place too. They kind of go back to before, you know, the aliens arrived and you get to see that moment. And this is in the trailers. You get to see the moments of, of the invasion first starting or, or I don't even know if you call it invasion. Really. It just seems like these monsters are there. Um, and they're tearing shit apart. But it's it's hard to explain without going into spoilers, but it really feels like that first one's a story of survival. The second one is is sort of continuing those themes, but also like building out more hope. Like the world gets a little bit big a little bit bigger where there are more survivors. And yes, the the second one does uh, get a bit more into that like last of us feel where like, yeah, there's some shitty humans out there. and um, it's a very it's a very small moment, and I was a little disappointed in that because I really felt like, oh yeah, the, there's crazy people. And Bird Box had this problem as well, where it's like it's bad enough you're dealing with like monsters that as soon as you see them they kill you. You're also dealing with these these fanatics. I think Bird Box explained it a little better in that like the the fanatics were kind of indoctrinated by the monsters, so there were like specific people who like gave in and would like become their you know, servants to go out and, and, you know, basically find people to, to, to kill. Uh, I think that's one thing Bird Box had where it was like, they kind of worked that into the story and the elements of the monsters. But um, yeah, Quiet Place too. like, yeah, if you're trying to avoid these type of experience, but it's a, it's a movie, you know, Ashley and I both thoroughly enjoyed both of them. And I think it's one of those things where I'm not a big horror fan. What I would compare this to is kind of like, the way people felt about the original Alien and Aliens, where it was, it was, yeah, it was a horror movie, but it also felt like it was tense, and that's what added to the experience. And it wasn't overly right. Well, I don't want to say overly gruesome because there is that scene in Alien, but you kind of know what I'm getting at here, where it's not like it's not hostile part six. But I, I definitely uh, the type of horror, if you can call it that, is just height, is heightened suspense. I, I, I get that, and if anything, like there's an art to that, and it would keep me, you know, on my toes and stuff. So uh, no, I, I, I've heard enough. I've heard enough about the Quiet Place from so many sources that I'm, I'm sure I would give it the the time if, if like the the moment took. But it's just like 
it, maybe being in a theater would be that moment. But like when maybe. you're when you're at home and you're sitting down with your wife and you're like, "What do you want to watch tonight?" I don't know. Do you want to watch the one that's going to keep us up for hours <laughs> afterwards? You oh, know, I slept like, like a baby it, after this. It, it, it's it's like uh, I, we used to watch. Um, Back in the DVD video days, we used to watch all the seasons of 24. Like we were the Jack Bauer Power Hour. We were like essentially watching it over, you know, each season went after the other. And it just, it runs on like adrenaline. You know, there's a ticking clock. Tick, tick, tick. Bomb's going to be diffused. Tick, tick, tick. What's Jack going to do? Um, and uh, and I would sleep, no problem. But my wife was like often up, like tossing and turning afterwards, being like, you know, it was a, she couldn't watch 24. Like there had to be a buffer between bedtime. <laughs> I could just go like right to bed, but she, she needed time to unwind. Yeah. You're, you're probably going to want, you know, if you are to watch, and that's the great thing about both these films is they don't overstay their welcome. And I think that also plays into the fact is that they're about an hour and 30 minutes. They, they go very, by very quickly and there is time to kind of budget in like a 20 minute you know, sitcom chaser, which is something that, that I've, I know I did with the first one and I definitely did with the second one, but, um, I did want to highlight it because it is easily accessible now as opposed to, you know, um, I don't even know if theaters are open. I'm, I'm imagining theaters open like tomorrow here specifically in Ontario if they're not open already, but, um, it's pretty much this or Black Widow. So, uh, I don't know. You could, you could, you could what dive. About a- what? Hey, Fast Nine! Come on, uh, I haven't yeah. seen one. I haven't seen one Fast or Furious movie, but I will tell you that Fast Nine is probably the biggest movie in theaters right now. It's. I've never liked Fast and the Furious. I know, I know. I should. You know what everybody says in because I haven't seen any of them. Everybody says <laughs> we're gonna get emails about one, this. I know we will. <laughs> Fast Five. It, like the fifth one is the best one. Like that's, I think that's pretty much uniformly everyone's opinion. And, uh, and so I, you know, what I should do is just watch that fifth one. Yeah. Sometime. I hear it's like a great action movie and it's the first one that the rock is in and stuff. And I feel like, I feel like I should, should check that one out sometime, but yeah, I have not seen a fast movie, but I do know that they, they break records pretty much or they did in the pre times um, uh, every time they're released. So uh, when I got the, the, the message about um, the movie theaters being open and I checked, it was like, you know, uh, black widow on a ton of screens, fast nine on a ton of screens. Uh, the quiet place Two was on a few screens. And then I think there's a kid's movie or something like out right now hmm. that is, uh, that was on some. So, I mean, they had about four movies, but none of them were ones that I was like, Oh, this is just filler. Like these, they felt like real, like you would go see yeah. them in theaters, movies. So I think, um, you know, I think for me, like when I go back to the theaters, it will probably be, um, it's probably going to be that Paw Patrol movie with the kids really want to go to the movie. It's probably, the there's some movies. Hey, did you see, did you see the trailer for that thing? I did. We didn't talk about it. Did we? Oh man. It is so messed up. Like, like I watched that trailer and I, you know, it just because it's like it is CG as the television show is. It's not like it's not like they got real dogs or what have you. It, and it's not it's not even like the dogs are CG and the people are real, like the Ninja Turtle movies. You know, the recent one. It, it's 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 really just different CG. 
and uh Ryder in particular like it's like they they had recast him or something and uh, so they some of the dogs looked different like everything is just uh, slightly off putting i think they could have saved themselves a lot of money by just making it look the exact same yeah there this is something and we'll move into the diapers here because this really is you know kids focus but i think like that trailer um i it reminds me of when that simpsons movie came out where uh, a little bit it's not quite a you know the simpsons didn't quite do it but the simpsons really that movie like you know up the production value but kept all the voice actors but I think with The Simpsons, they kind of reapplied that workflow back into the show a little bit. So it was less of a jarring change and it actually, you know, bettered the show. But with Paw Patrol, you know damn well, like, they are not bringing back that, like, you know, close to realistic CG to the TV show. Uh, it's going to snap right back to that, you know, traditional kids 3D animated programming. But the the movie looks like, yeah, they've... They've kind of upped the realism on the CG film and it kind of like it's kind of it's getting up there with the, you know, the Pixar's and the DreamWorks styles of uh, of 3D. It's obviously not anywhere close to, to Pixar stuff, but you can kind of see where it's it's trying to get to that level, which I think you do kind of need to do when when you're doing this big budget film, although like Pokemon never did it. Pokemon just did. No, nah, it's a big it's a big TV episode with some extra flash thrown in. And that first Pokemon movie did amazingly. So you could uh, call them the geniuses. If in a way that is the world's greatest con, Ryan. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I, I, the kid, like for me, the theaters is like, I say that, but I'll probably go see, you know, Shang-Chi when it comes out in September uh, because that'll likely be the only place to see it is is to go to the theaters or wait, you know, the the window to to see it on Disney Plus. Um, but uh, yeah, the kids really want to go see Paw Patrol, and I promise the kids we we've had these gift cards. I, I love my mother, but she uh, I, no, sorry, I love my mother, and she gave me these like movie gift cards. I think when the pandemic started. <laughs> So I have these movie gift cards, and I, I said to the kids, like, well, we'll go see Paw Patrol. She, she was sending you a message, Ryan. She's like, oh, there's a global pandemic here, Ryan. Maybe you want to go out. Yeah, no, but we're going to use it. Event. I don't think, hopefully they don't expire, but. Um, date night. Date night, yeah. Uh, with, well, the, ki- the kids, last movie we saw in theaters was the Sonic film, and I'll be honest, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I watched the Paw Patrol trailer, and I, I think I can survive the hour and a half. We have it so lucky right now. What was the last movie? I You just remembered right off the top of your head that it was Sonic. I, I'm trying to think about what the last movie I saw in theaters was. Well, that was the last um, movie I saw with the kids. I I can't I think, remember. You know what I think? I think it might have been Spider-Man Far From Home. Gosh, like, really? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess that would have been. Because it, there was Avengers Endgame. Then I went to see Spider-Man. And like, I, I don't know what. Oh, no. No, Star Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. That would have been the last one they saw. Oh, oh like, gosh, was that late twenty nineteen? I guess it was. Yeah, yeah, that was late 2019. Uh, that, that was the last. Be, wow. So, because the um, the Black Black Widow was the top grossing movie since Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker oh. uh, in theaters. So, uh, um, sorry, Fast Nine. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I um, 
I'm I am like I like I I get back I get back in theaters, but even before, like even when Endgame came out, such a pain for me to go see Endgame. I was just like, why can't I order it on my TV? So I would really like this world of like you know continuing to have the option to order it at home or even the smaller windows. Like I'm I'm big on that because take Black Widow. I don't really care about the Black Widow movie. I think I might enjoy it. But I, you know, I'm sure that the window for it to be on Disney Plus is going to be pretty short. Like, uh, you know, I think it's early October. T- it's right there. Like, if you go into Disney Plus, it's right on the Premier Access banner. All right, it'll say, so, yeah. so I just watch it then, yeah. and that'll be one one movie I and I, I just watched uh, the other day for the very first time was Captain Marvel, which I had never seen before. Oh. And uh, Jess, Jess, and I watched it at home, and it was really fun watching an MCU movie that we had not seen. And just like you know, it was like we were in the comfort of our own home, and we're like, "Hey, let's just put this movie." We we finished an episode of Loki. It was like a Friday or Saturday night. And I'm like, "Hey, you want to watch a movie? Oh, we'll just watch the beginning of it." Of course, we watched the whole thing, and it was way more entertaining than I I even thought that it was going to be. So, uh, yeah, quite quite enjoyed that. Uh, I slept on that one, and. Uh, appreciated it more to see it so there's only two mcu movies i have yet to see which is the original ant-man i haven't seen and oh, i haven't seen thor one. the dark i haven't seen thor the dark world so those are the only two uh and uh and so yeah i, I think that like maybe i don't know maybe sometime we'll on a movie night i'll be like well let's at least finish the mcu once we haven't seen these these two let's let's uh let's watch watch them and i think ant-man as you is a like my, my my feeling is that it's not a dud that it'd probably be pretty entertaining it's it's a good one it's standalone like it there's not much it doesn't really connect in a way that's um oh wow like it leads into this or leads into that so like captain marvel has a lot of those connective tissues with you know uh nick fury and and um the the, the guy uh the guy uh, clark Gregg plays um i can't remember agent colson yeah yeah, so it has connective tissues it, that are there, but because it takes uh, chronon, it exists chronologically before all those tissues. They're more like winks and nudge, nudge. Like you can watch that movie, um, you can watch that movie and not not have seen any of the other movies, and you would be fine. Like in in Ashley's case, she didn't even know who Samuel L. Jackson was. Period. Call back. You know. So uh, I will say though, I you know I. I would be remiss at Captain Marvel not to talk about that de-aging tech on Samuel L. Jackson. Holy crap, man. That was insane because honestly about, you know, I was just like standing up, peering at the screen in great detail for the first like X amount of the movie when Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Jess must have loved that. She hated it. Yeah. But but then, then, at, but then at one point I'm just like, he's just young Samuel. Like, I I was flabbergasted at how much I was on board and no uncanny valley. And I was just like, nope, this is how he, and I guess he has the benefit of having been a movie star and they pulled from his old roles and they did, they did all this sort of stuff. Um, but still it was, it was uh, super, um, super impressive uh, what they did on that. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I thought that movie was uh, really fun. And one thing uh, Ryan about the Captain Marvel movie is that I thought was insane in a testament to how far Marvel has come is it does the exact opposite of what a lot of films do now, which is they start like guardians of the galaxy where they start you in a human 
situation that you can identify with. Both Guardians movies did that. They opened with the scene in which it was on Earth. Uh, Peter Quill is a child in the first one and his mom and Kurt Russell in the second one. At the beginning, before it shoots up into space and starts messing with you, this was the opposite. It messes with you right off the bat. And I think to the, that if I'm going to nitpick, that was the one detriment of the film. At the beginning, it's just really a lot to take on. And then all of a sudden they come to Earth and that's when everything kind of coalesces and it gets really good from that point on. But like at the beginning, I didn't understand shit. And I've seen a lot of MCU stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, there's a lot of space stuff in, in Captain Marvel near the beginning that uh, can probably, I, I, I didn't understand. It's, it's a movie you have to kind of work backwards from cause they are, yes, they, they are showing you stuff that you're, is going to make sense later. And um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I didn't know what her power, like at the beginning it was unclear because she had powers from the get go, but then it's like, are these her total powers? But then she gets more power. Like it's, yeah, it's exactly as you say, it's like an investment for later. Uh, anyway, that was a, a, a nice detour into the MCU. We're clearly missing the movie theater MCU type experience. So for all my, I'm done with the MCU talk. I clearly am not. No. You're not. Um, well, you know, it, it is uh, it is rather interesting how much the MCU continues to, to sort of dominate. And I mean, like, I think when it comes to absolutely must-see in theaters, must-see sort of week one, the only film that comes to mind, we don't even have a trailer for it yet, but it's the next Spider-Man film. I, I It's being, it, yeah, it's just, it, it seems like it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big event and uh, could possibly deliver on some, some really fun fan moments. So that's, that's kind of where my brain's at in terms of like Ryan needs to go to the theaters, you know, and uh, not necessarily for a kid's movie, but to, to, well, I guess Spider-Man is a bit of a kid's movie, but you know, according, according to Ryan's mom though, Ryan should have gone to the theaters ages ago. Yeah. I think the last Uh, movie I saw in theaters would have been that world war one movie was uh, you just said it was sonic the hedgehog you're already retconning that was with my kids i already said that i didn't take my kids to see the world war one movie um i'm trying to i like honestly like time before the pandemic i think sonic was 2019 or what i don't think it was anyways it doesn't really matter um let's talk about diapers let's talk about you know the kids oh i thought we We are that wasn't Oh, yeah, that was the day. You just went off about Captain Marvel for a bit. Were your kids there for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they weren't. That's too old for them. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say, look, just in the interest of of time and stuff, I won't go on too long other than to say that – that for us, it was a big milestone week in the sense that Gwen uh, had it went to day camp. Doesn't sound like it would be that big a deal, but she's been at home e-learning and – this past week has been the first well no this is the second week since our last episode we've had the first two weeks now of no kids at home during the work day and oh my god it's blissful like it's so much better it's just everything is is better and the best part though is how much Gwen is enjoying the camp and uh, you know I pick her up every day and you know she was excited from the hop and they have a pool and she gets to go swimming outside every day. Um, and they, and they do a bunch of, you know, camp stuff, arts and crafts, make bracelets. She's made a couple of camp friends. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, it's just feels so great. Like, cause she hasn't been, she's been talking to her, her computer friends 
Like as a six-year-old, that sucks, right? Like to be there with real people and, and doing normal camp stuff. Yes, they're wearing masks, but and we yes, we have to do a COVID check-in at drop-off. But aside from that, it's as close to normal as we're we're we're, we're getting. And, and it's just so great to see my daughter have that experience and have this huge smile on her face at the end of the day and look forward to camp and all of that. So anyway, I'm just that's that's really it for for me. Like we're in a good space right now with Clara at daycare and enjoying it and Gwen at day camp and loving it. Um, so we're, we're getting a little bit of normality brought back to our lives. How are you guys doing? It was, it's interesting that you, you brought up day camps and the kids being out of the house. Cause like, this is something that Ashley and I have, have really for the first time had to start thinking about in that, um, what does, what does that look like for us? Cause really since Caden was born, you know, Ashley and I have sort of traded back, back and forth. Like Ashley had was either off on maternity leave, or she was working reduced hours when I was home, so evenings and and weekends. So we we never really had the kids in daycare. They were not in anything um, that had them. You know, it, uh, I I mean, obviously we would go outside the house. We would do fun outings, but like we, they weren't in day camps. They, you know, Caden had preschool. I think for a year before the pandemic started and and that was really good for him um and we're kind of kicking ourselves now because we really wish abigail could have gone into some um some preschool stuff we we would have put her put her in there but um and we we did have that opportunity but obviously with you know the pandemic going on and we were home we felt like well we can probably um we can deal right uh but now this summer uh we are really looking at the fall being the situation you described, like as long as the schools are open, Caden and Abigail will be in school and we lock down daycare for Isabel, um, for, for the, the fall. Like, so come, you know, mid September, there are going to be days where I'm going to be working in a quiet house, which I have not, I've not, I've not worked in a quiet environment since pre pandemic. Like it's always, there's always something, uh, some sort of noise going on in the background. And I guess the one regret that I have is that, uh, because we're new to this whole thing, we kind of missed the opportunity to book a bunch of camps and stuff for, for the kids. Like I talked to, you know, my manager and I said, Oh, it looks like you've got some vacation time book for the summer. And he's like, Oh no, those are just weeks where we couldn't get camps for the kids. Like, is that a thing? Like, I guess for both parents who are working, like, is that sort of the goal for the summer is to have like those moments where you 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 have your kids signed up for camp. Like, I don't, there, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just, I feel like we missed the, we missed the boat on that in the sense that we should have been doing this in March because they fill up. I absolutely, you're you're right. This is something that parents weren't mostly talking about, and that kind of caught us by surprise as well. Um, just the idea that, like, yeah, you're you have to solve your daycare problem during the summer, and it means sending kids to camp. And um, like, I mean, depending, you know, parents are lucky to get one two weeks off during the summer. 
uh, and then your kid's out for two months. So what do you do for the rest of the time? And and the idea, I guess, is that you mostly send them to day camp, which honestly is super pricey depending on the day camp. Like Gwen's day camp is expensive. And if Clara and Gwen were both going, like I'd be in the poorhouse, you know? Um, and uh, and that is and, – and, and we so we made it like one month. She's going for July. And then we also felt like maybe it would be rep- repetitive if – it continued. I just happened to be off three weeks in August, which is so lucky. I'm so fortunate to do that. So I'll be off with Gwen for most of August and we're going to hire a babysitter for another week in August. And then uh, we, and, and she'll have just done the one week, the one month of, of a day camp. But it is, it is, as you say, Ryan, it's like, you've got to be kind of on top of it booking. And with COVID, it was even more complicated because day camps didn't know their numbers. They were waiting for guidance from the province. Um, you know, a lot of them were like, oh, we don't know if we can open up properly or how it's going to be and how many people we're allowed to have. And so it was definitely an even more overwhelming shit show this year uh but yeah i i expect that there's going to be a time for you like you guys where you're going to have like three kids that are going to want to go to day camp or something and it's going to cost you a ton of money yeah see i remember when i was a kid um my my mother's a teacher so she had summers off so our summers were all four of us home with mom and we we lived on the we lived on a farm, so there was plenty of space for us to spread out. We, we gosh, I stopped myself, but I'm gonna say it. We had a pool, um, and uh, we enjoyed it. And uh, Crofton, be quiet. Who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? Uh, anyways, uh, we just we 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 found the fun, you know. And I think for the most part, you know, my 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 dad would take time off. We would go camping. Um, you know, at, we called it the river, but it was like a piece of property that was in my dad's side of the family that his whole family would, you know, go to on weekends. And it was basically a really kind of a, I hesitate to say like a, a trailer park, but it was like, it was just a setup of a, a strip of land along like river was, was, uh, was, was giving it too much credit. It was more of like a, like a large, <laughs> stream but uh it was nice and it was it was just you know space for us to enjoy being kids and there was you know horseshoes and sand pits and and swing sets and stuff you could spread out again and you know now i'm living in the city and you know i'm working full time and actually still home but the kids are going a little um obviously going stir crazy they want to get out they want to do stuff and there isn't a whole lot to do, you know, because of the pandemic. There isn't, Because eh? stuff is yeah. stuff is 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 booked up. Now there are things to do. There are these little, you know, pop ups and events and stuff that you can go to, and and enjoy. But for the most part, I feel like I don't think we'll ever be able to put the kids in camp for the whole summer. Um, you know, because for me, like when I was a kid, I was home with my mom, and then you know, for Ashley, they spent a lot of time with their grandparents. So. Next summer is probably going to be very different because both both Ashley and I will be working and we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with the kids, you know, and I think we, we even talked like, you know, it's funny, like Ashley's mom asked Ashley, what are you going to do next summer? And uh, Ashley said, well, you guys can take the kids for a week. Uh, Ryan's mom and dad can take the kids for a week. Ryan can take some time off. We'll put them in camps like, you know, it's kind of like. 
what do you want us to say? Like, we're just going to spend a bunch of money to put them in camps. Like we can't afford that. And, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next summer. We'll probably have to figure it out, but I think we learned a lesson here, which is good because we learned the lesson when we can still adapt and, and Ashley's home with the kids and I'm home as well. Next summer, we're going to have to really, you know, put that puzzle together of what it looks like so that we can continue working because we, we have to be working, right? Unless we take the time off, which we don't have two months of leave that we can take. So yeah, I'm just curious, like, do we start that process in January? Like Ashley's sort of the expert when it comes to this stuff. I'm just sort of a, like I help out in in trying to, you know, have those discussions, but I have no idea when we should start booking this stuff. Like probably January, February, right? I think it is that early. It's the same with like if you're booking camping spots at provincial parks. Like you're literally book. Everybody's like finish Christmas. You celebrate New Year's, and then everybody's like booking their their summer crap. Like the organized people right off, and then the rest of us are like in May, being like, "What's available this summer?" And the answer is nothing. So yeah, you should you should get on that. Also, there's a lesson here: never fill in a pool. Um, all right, Ryan. Yeah, great. Uh, Way to end that segment. <laughs> All right. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we, we are doing fine whatever. with a There's small pool. There's a lot pool. of room for them to run. You know what we did? We we uh, we took an inflatable pool. We put a little slide on the end of it. Kids, it's far less likely to drown. Just throwing it out there. But uh, I, I will say there's a bunch of people that I know that are trying to get pools installed right now. And there's like a pool liner shortage or something. Like this oh, is no a doubt. big thing where people people can't get their pools installed. And I was like, you know, my brother was telling me, he's like, we're just waiting for the stupid liner. And I'm like, hey, I know a guy who filled in his pool with dirt probably destroyed the liner i really Um, don't understand see here's the thing like pools are a lot of work also they're a hazard when you have a backyard that is filled with a giant (laughs) pool you suddenly do not have a backyard and honestly i was getting the point where i was afraid that that door the backyard door would be a problem i we're not going to get into this right now but like yeah people who want pools absolutely more power to you but they're a pain in the ass and they're super expensive and they are death traps. So uh, I'd much prefer a pool where I can just tell my kids to stand up and they'll be fine. Um, so that's where I'll leave that. That is the diapers segment. I have the final word because I am the host. But yes, Crofton will likely bring it up again. But will I edit it out? We'll see. I also control that. Crofton, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And uh, I, I apologize for giving you pool ammo. But hey, uh, it came up naturally as it always does. Um, you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and follow the show at DNDcast. That is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons & Diapers. Have yourself a great couple weeks. Enjoy your summer. Get your shots, your COVID shots. Go do it. And uh, Crofton, please end with some wisdom that I don't have to edit. Enjoy your summer vacation by sipping a cool, refreshing Pepsi Max by the side of the pool. Bye, everyone. So close. (laughs) You know what's pretty good? Diet Pepsi with lime. I don't know if you can still get those, but they're pretty good. Doesn't sound good.